FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Sunday Mass readings, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 10. We are preparing for the fourth Sunday of Easter, Good Shepherd Sunday, just powering through the season. It's just happening so quick. How are we? Kicking goals. Kicking goals. Dizzy, but well. (laughs) Dizzy? It's been a busy time, but a lovely... How privileged are we, though? That we get to be busy with the with God's work rather than uh, things that mm-hmm. that fade, you know. I just feel blessed. Okay, so here's a challenge to you. Tell me, what is your favorite knock <laughs> oh knock joke? Uh, I'll start. Really hard. Knock knock. Who's there? Atch. Atch. Bless oh. you. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. wow. We eliminated dad jokes back in like season what <laughs> for a reason. Okay. okay. <laughs> Do you have a good one? Do you have a good knock knock? I'm racking my brain for all yeah. my niece and nephews. I don't ones. remember this at all. <laughs> None. Okay. I have a, a higher sense of sophisticated <laughs> humor now. I've forgotten <laughs> all of the knock knock jokes. I'm sorry. Okay, fine. I will just stick to my atch we'll joke. Leave, <laughs> atch. I'll leave you high and dry on that one. <laughs> I bet I'm gonna like go home and think of one. Yeah, that was. A, I thought that was. A, I thought of a. But question. I tell you what, listeners, if you have any knock knock jokes. <laughs> I'm sure Father Rob would love to yes, hear them. I would. And Direct one that is better than my actual. Okay. <laughs> the challenge is out. Send those to us. Podcast at FIGministry.com. Send or me comment below on the video. Yes. Or just let us know. <laughs> Here we go. So let's go get straight into the scripture. Today we're reading from the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation chapter 7. And there's verses 9 and then verses 14. 17. After this, I looked, and before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. I answered, Sir, you know, he said, These are they who have come out of a great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will be the shelter, will shelter them with His presence. And never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So I think this passage is a really um, beautiful image of heaven, and it's showing God's people a glimpse of what is waiting for them on the other side of the the tribulation of this life. I think it's one of the actually um, the earliest pat pictures of heaven that we have in scripture is that right yes um th- i think it's it's the heavenly sort of um perspective of trying to, to remain strong to remain to, to remain holy in and amidst the persecution mm. 
But the oldest, what do you mean the oldest? The earliest. The earliest. That's what my study told me. <laughs> <laughs> the earliest picture as in a frame picture? No, yeah. I meant image. like image, you know, like the described image. <laughs> yes, oh. if your yes. book says it, therefore it is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Go well, I, I just picked up my dog and he's all wet and I'm hoping it's water. He was drinking the he water. He was drinking okay, the water. Okay, You just sniffed your hand. <laughs> yes. might, Cooper might particip- participate in this um, this podcast. He's been quite loud today. He has been quite loud. But back to the book of Revelation. <laughs> so the oldest picture of, of the martyrs of the... you Look, we're talking about this before. Now, my commentary says that this was... Um, that St. John is referring to the martyrs here, but you're saying all Christians. So, Well, you could, you could interpret it that way. When it talks about every nation, race, people, and tongue, it's that all these people that no one could count. Like, It could refer to all Christians. Yes, it could, absolutely. And well, these well, are well, cr- everyone who... Because the yeah, verse Christians. I would say is like verse 14, and it says that these who have come out from a, a great tribulation... And they have washed their robes and been made them white in the blood of the lamb. So sharing in the same shedding of blood as the lamb. That's, I suppose, where you they came from. could interpret it that way as well. Yeah. So it depends. We'll have to consult the Greek. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're, again, um, rolling with Revelation. There's so much to unpack in this scripture. Again, you can't just skim read it. But I'm just really struck by, in my true Justine style, this the beautiful imagery we get of who God is, God's character, even amidst a book that is, um, yeah, like almost prophesying the end of the world and, and all the things that we need to be sure of and keep in check about this beautiful imagery of the protection of God, our Father, that's painted out in this scripture for those who are with him in heaven after this life here on earth, I think, um, that really strikes me. And he's the one who sits on a throne, not like an earthly king saying, you know, you come to me and bring me this, but a king who shelters the people, who doesn't, yeah, lord over the people, but he's one with them, protecting them, which might not have been their earthly experience in whatever context they found themselves in, but in the context of God's kingdom and God's throne room, that's the very protection that that he affords you, that of a, a you know a father who radically and fiercely loves you. And mm. um, I was just really struck by God. And again, it's a continuation of our you know discussion last week, painting this picture of heaven that makes me like whoa. Like I definitely don't think about heaven enough, but um, sheltering us from every kind of suffering, like no hunger, no thirst, not the sun or any heat shall afflict them. You know, and although they may have suffered these evils on earth, now they are forever free from them. Like, goodness me, how reassuring that is for us on this earth. You, maybe you feel like you're really stuck in suffering at the moment or life is not what you wanted it to be. Um, but God is with you in that. But the life of eternity, like your, your, your time frame on earth is but a blip. Yes. Eternity is forever. And and this again, this is what John is trying to tell them. Like, hold on. I know the persecution is great. I know the difficulty is great. But you hold on and you're going to yeah. get through. You can do yes. this. Yes. I've given you the strength. And not so like just hold on and bear it, but mm. be victorious yeah. in it. Declare victory. Go and and go through your suffering with great joy. And I love the image of the, the martyrs as well. All the documentation you have of martyrs, there's 
like the ones who, for example, even recent martyrs that was in Libya, you know, the beheading of those of those martyrs. They were singing praise to God at that time. They weren't shying and begging for their lives. They were praising God. Saint Sebastian, again, praising God. And then the, the, the stories of the, the first martyr as well, Saint Stephen, and he was praising God as they were stoning him, you know. And so it is just this beautiful victory even as all of this is happening there's a victory there's a victory of of god being strong um in 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 all of this through the persecution mm-hmm. and i think this is such the beauty this I imagine yeah i don't know if i'll have the courage ever to be a martyr i don't know we often this comes up every now and then in the <laughs> podcast and every yeah. time i'm just like wow lord have mercy on me <laughs> I know. yeah but we're washed it, not by our good works at the end of the day or even our own martyrdom but it is because in martyrdom in martyrdom of death but also the martyrdom of life don't forget that a death doesn't only happen when we die but it happens when we're alive a death to mm-hmm. self mm-hmm. and a death in choosing god but it's always because of what jesus did for us on the cross mm-hmm. it is the blood of the lamb that save us saves us it's not the blood of Father Rob, the blood of Alyssa, the blood of Justine, but it is the blood of Jesus who died on the cross mm. and that's made it possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, speaking of this great tribulation that this passage talks about, this actually, in true Alyssa style, <laughs> refers to a prophecy um, in the book of Daniel. So we were talking about this last week, another prophecy in the book of Daniel, but this week, again, it's talking about um, a time of... Um, unsurpassed into in distress that's going to happen just before the end of history and this is kind of saying that people against the people of God will will arise and persecute the faithful because of their loyalty to the covenant so this is where John is saying to these readers stay strong stay strong mm-hmm. and I guess the catechism also acknowledges that Christians already share in the suffering of Jesus but also anticipates that the church will need to pass through a final trial mm. before the end of time and that's what Trials have always been there. You know, like, for example, Australia, you know, the great Southland, and and we're famous for a few things in, in, in nature. One of them is our bushfires. And there's this tribulation that goes through, that this fire going through fire. But do you know that our eucalyptus tree, which is the most popular tree and the, that you find here in Australia, that only propagates, that can only have babies, in a sense, if it is burnt. Mm-hmm. That's the only way for it to propagate, for it to have... Yeah. Is the propagate is the word? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so so that's there's no other way. You can't break open the seed and, and sow mm. it. It has to ha- happen through fire that it bursts. And, and it's Now, that's the same with us. We need to go through fire in order to become what God has called us to mm-hmm. be, to be saints. Mm-hmm. And so persecution will always be there. There will always be persecution... And we can be victorious in persecution because this is an opportunity. It's the oars being separated from the gold. Mm-hmm. It's not nice. No one wants it. No. no one desires it. But it's it's necessary for a life of holiness to go through persecution, to go through difficulty. But we can do so in joy. Totally. And I think that like this can be really heavy and obviously we tend to instinctively avoid suffering and avoid talk of persecution. But just as a little reminder, if you're tuning in for the first time on this podcast, a life with Jesus is also equally as fulfilling and meaningful and joy-filled and, and full of goodness as well. And you can grow in holiness 
from from goodness and blessing in your life as well. But I think it is really important every now and then to talk about suffering because the world doesn't like to talk about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the world likes to push it away and say, get rid of it you know, as quickly as you can. What can I buy? The silver bullet. But um, as Christians, we know that that's a part of life and it's not wasted. Yes. That, that perhaps it doesn't feel like it through it, but after it, you know, it has changed us. Um, purified us, the refiner's fire, in love. Exactly. And not to be afraid of, this is in the Catholic Church, we emphasize a lot on redemptive suffering. Yeah. And, and that's why, for example, we just went through the season of Lent. That's, it's about, it's about, that's about purity. It's about saying, depriving yourself of hunger, depriving yourself of, of satisfying that hunger, depriving yourself of, of quenching that thirst in order f- to, for victory of a, of a greater good. Mm-hmm. And so this is our, our life. Not that this food is bad or drink is bad or not suffering is, is bad. But at the end of the day, we are purified as we deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Jesus. And then this passage is such a great reminder of what awaits us at the end of, at the end of that suffering. It's that those, these three things that we're going to see in heaven. So the first thing is worshipping God's presence. And we spoke about this last week as well, this beautiful image of what it was going to be like to just worship God day and night. The second thing, which you've touched on as well, is even though this life might be full of that suffering in heaven, there's going to be a complete end to that and God's going to wipe away every single tear from our eyes. Not only physical hurts, spiritual hurts, emotional hurts, everything that's all going to be wiped away. And then the third thing that we're going to see in heaven is just this tender care of God, um, and the lamb, Jesus, for the redeemed. So um, Jesus, as this good shepherd, leading us through this life to, to eternal life. Mm-hmm. Amen. And this is, when I think of the three surprises of heaven, I think of three different things. Uh, so three, three I surpri- said three things we're going to see <laughs> in heaven. Oh, the three things <laughs> I, say, I think we see in heaven. Uh. The first thing is that I'd say surprises. The first surprise is that we are in heaven. Mm. We can't believe. We want. The second, if we make it to heaven, the second surprise is that there are going to be people there we thought... There's no way they're going to be here. Wow. Yeah. The third surprise is that people we expected to be there yes. are not there. So we'll have to make sure we're there. I, yes. I, I, I hope we... we Hopefully uh, we'll see each other there. Yeah, I hope so. No, well, I, 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 plan <laughs> I hope you get there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I plan get to get there, too. but I don't know. Yeah, it's again by the blood of the Lamb. And what does the blood of the Lamb mean? It means by the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. It was by the, his sacrifice that we can get to heaven. It's not because of our good but it's because of his mercy. Mm. And the idea of the blood didn't start with Jesus. It started in the Old Testament where they would shed, they would sacrifice an animal on the altar and then they used to take the blood like we do on Palm Sunday, like the blessing with water, but they'd take the blood and they'd pour it over the people, they'd sprinkle the people with blood. Mm. And then what they would do is to take that same blood and they'd go into the Holy of Holies and, and, and they would sprinkle the, the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant with blood. And that was that we were share in the same sacrifice. So, and what happened was with the blood, that place of the Ark of the Covenant and the people outside who were covered with the blood outside and the Ark of the Covenant, which could only be visited one day a year by one high priest. So this blood was never cleaned because you couldn't go in to clean it. It was like, so, so this Holy of Holies and uh, was separated by a thick, thick curtain. And what happened at Jesus' death? That curtain was split in half. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the people who were washed with the blood could enter the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy of Holies. And now there was no division. There was because of the, but only those with the blood could go in. Mm-hmm. The others couldn't go in, couldn't approach. 
So again, this is what Jesus did on the cross. He sprinkled us with blood, but also he tore away the holy, the curtain that was separating us from the holy of holies, and he brought us into heaven. And um, Alyssa, as well, what you were saying is there'll be no suffering. He'll wipe away every tear. That's why I believe in physical healing and spiritual healing here on this earth, mm-hmm. because we pray it in the Our Father, that kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no suffering. There's no pain. Wow. There's no um. there's no nothing. So w- when heaven comes here down on earth, there is there's healing there's healing and i believe there's no place where the curtain is thinnest or, or most absent than at a holy mass and this is why on all nine masses i always pray for healing because that is the place where heaven has already touched earth so this is the moment where we should pray for healing and and pray for breakthrough um, that god would heal his people and we've seen it time and time and time again of miracles happening at those moments I'm, I'm just, just like, wow, away. that was pretty amazing. Yes. <laughs> just give me an hour to process <laughs> what you just said. It's yeah, well, this is the beauty of God. And, and I need to talk about heaven more. I think I'm realizing mm-hmm. like uh, my life is so here on earth, a lot of it, despite yeah. the fact that I work for a Christian organization and I co-host with you guys and I prepared for these. Like, I, I don't... I don't think about heaven enough and mm-hmm. just listening to both of you is just like, gosh, like that's where I want to be. That's what yeah. I, where I want to spend my time. That's what I want to spend my time bringing to this earth because life can suck sometimes. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to spend my days bringing heaven to earth, but I also just, I don't just want to talk about heaven. I want to sit in, sit in that reality of what it is and just be reminded, you know, to be challenged, to be encouraged by that in my daily living. Absolutely. And this is, it's a struggle for us all because we're pulled we're called to be heavenly minded, but we're constantly pulled back down on earth by our distractions, by the people around us. And, and that's fine. That's okay. It's okay to spend time here on earth. But as long as we don't, we don't dwell here, we are reminded that we, we're not here to stay here for, forever. So I just want to hear a little word from our ministry partners. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school, youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner and join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. So all this talk about heaven, I think it's um, important today. Our reality check is we're going to discuss who are you bringing to heaven and some maybe some tips on how we can bring as many people as possible to heaven with us, hopefully. Because our joy will be more complete when we bring more people to heaven. Yeah. Because we'll have more of God, more of God's creation, more of God, God's people around us. Even people we don't know, even people we don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, that just ex- expands our capacity to receive the love of God. So selfishly, the more people we bring in, it's also going to increase our capacity to uh, live more. In It's not that we're going to have more joy, because, you see, we'll all be overflowing. Mm-hmm. But our jar will be a little bit bigger. Well, I was just and thinking as you were saying that, like, I think about the saints. So, you know, they probably brought people to heaven in their time. But then what about if particular saints have, like, helped us, like, 
centuries and centuries later, does that mean our joy increases? Well, I think it's not that our joy increases, but it's just our capacity to receive the love of God increases. Mm. Because as a community, we're worshipping more of creation is in heaven. And our joy is stolen, in a sense, every time someone goes to hell, you know. Mm. We don't want mm. people to be lost. We don't want God's creation to be lost. It's the people we love, the people we care for, but also... I, uh, we just pray that heaven is full and hell is empty. We know it isn't, but this is what we pray. We pray that, that um, God will save people. But the thing is, it's not about... It's y- you are responsible for this. Mm-hmm. You are making a difference in heaven, in the other people's capacity to, to receive more of God's love and joy and to overflow with bigger jars. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way you work, the way you bring people to heaven... I really love that line, like you are making a difference in heaven yes. by mm. bringing people. I think that's um, really beautiful. And to answer the question, who are you bringing? I think I follow it up by a question of like, how do you bring people to heaven? And I think as I was reflecting, my answer to that was you bring someone to heaven by leading them to Jesus on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're here and now. So the way that you lead people to Jesus while you're here um, is is really, really important and we don't this is what we do we're about sowing seeds it's not about us bringing people from completion like from nothing all of a sudden to heaven Mm -hmm. but we we can only do this if we point them to jesus we don't need the answers to all of life's questions but we do know someone who does have the answers to all of life's questions i just want to play this song just this (laughs) clip of this song which was a song i used to listen to when i was young which talks about this. It talks about um, just love them, loving people like Jesus. That is our responsibility. Darkness clouding their view And they're looking to you Just love them like Jesus Carry them to Him His yoke is This is it. You see, you don't need the answer to all of life's questions. You don't need to solve people's problems. You just need to love people like Jesus. And you can only do that, number one, by making sure that you are loved by Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yes. To love like Jesus. Yes. I was actually very challenged. Um, recently, I went for, I, I've started a new job, which I'm really grateful for. Woo, woo, woo. Do you have a great <laughs> I do, yeah. but it's so hard <laughs> to find these buttons. Alpha Australia, they're <laughs> great. Um, but in my interview, because like, yeah, like I said earlier, like a lot of my life is is working, you know, for, for Jesus. And it's such a privilege. But in the interview, you know, the big, big boss, um, Melinda asked me, um, so why did you apply for this job? And I told her, like, I just feel this call over my life and I always have from Jesus. She's like, that's really nice. Um, but have you talked to anyone or brought anyone to Jesus recently? And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> I was like, it's so true. Who have I brought to Jesus? And if you don't... What did you answer? <laughs> Sorry, I want to know Thank what you answer. God. <laughs> literally, I, I had recently been so blessed with these really beautiful conversations with a particular individual. Like, that was a gift to me. So it wasn't yes. like, oh, tick, whoo, like, oh, I've got <laughs> yeah. the jobs in the bag. But it was like, no, it stumped me because it's like, I don't, I don't wake up every, I should wake up every morning saying, Lord, give me opportunities to speak about you. Lord, give me an opportunity today to point someone further in your direction, not to preach at someone, 
um, but to just either by my witness or a conversation lead someone towards you. So to answer that question, how do we lead someone to Jesus? I think I've been learning a lot about that um, most recently. Um, and it's to whoever you meet, pray and discern that you can meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. Not preach to them where they're at, meet them where they're at, and then be willing to walk the bridge with them. Yes. So not just just to throw them in the deep end and say, swim really, really fast, watch out for the sharks, you know, um, to be willing to walk the bridge with them. And what does that look like? That actually requires a few things. And so no matter, because that can look many different ways, walking the bridge with someone, we can talk about that. But what does that require as you, the someone who is accompanying someone? A few things. It's to love the Lord your God yes. and to love your neighbor as yourself. But I just want to add something that challenges me, a generous spirit, you know, a generosity about you that isn't afraid to give, to give your time, to give your presence, to go out of your way, to take someone to Jesus, to, to, to give up your time to sacrifice, to take them for coffees, you know, yes. to, to go to the movies with them because that's what's going to build your relationship with them so that one day they trust you enough for you to be able to speak the charisma, the, 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 the good news over their life that Jesus came, he suffered, he dies, died and he rose again to free you from your sin and to be in a relationship with you today. I, you know? I can, but while you're talking this, you know, like I, I, a few people are coming to mind, you know, and one person that really comes to my mind is, is Gary, a, fr- a friend mm-hmm. of ours. Um, and he works in the music industry. He works like with the biggest of the biggest stars. Um, and he just, he just goes out of his way to pray with people, to listen to people, mm-hmm. to serve them, go on their recordings and do things for free. And mm-hmm. he's just the most generous and kind-hearted person and but you know I, I spend a lot of time with him and i just see people coming to jesus through him because at the end of the day maybe they don't come to him at that moment but in their time of need yeah. they know they can go to this person and this yeah. person they know that this person has more than this person that they're pointing to something bigger greater yes. they have yeah. something in their life that th- they need mm-hmm. and 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 again this is a beautiful but he doesn't feel like he's serving the lord he doesn't feel like he's doing enough and, and this is, again, a quote Bishop Joe Grek used to say this. He used to say, St. Peter stood on a stage and preached one sermon and converted 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. He said, I've preached 3,000 sermons <laughs> at least, and I, God willing, I, I don't even know if I've converted one person. And then from when he, I heard him say this, uh, a hand went up in the middle of the crowd and said, Bishop, Bishop, you converted me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought, oh, wow, this is so beautiful. But yeah, this is what we do, sow seeds. I was saying, uh, thinking as Justine was speaking, like, yes, we all have this call to to make disciples of all nations, to bring as many people as possible with us to heaven. And we actually already have everything that it takes. Like God has given us all individual gifts and talents that we can use to fulfill this call. Yeah. Um, that's a really important. I, I think I was thinking my friend yesterday said she was cooking for a family who particularly needed a meal at this time. And yes. I'm just thinking, wow, like that's you're such a great cook and that's a gift that you have. And yeah. 
you're loving them as Jesus would love them right now in yes. this moment. And this it's it's a lie to think that in order to bring people to Jesus to heaven that you have to stand on a stage and preach. Mm-hmm. You have to um, run a podcast. You have to sing a song. You have to stand on the corner and, and, and preach. No, it's through baking a cake. It's through listening to a person, through stopping on the side of the road carefully um, um, mm-hmm. for someone who needs uh, help with a, a tire change. You know, it's through um, listening to a person who who um, is in a desperate place, even though you don't have time. And it's just these <coughs> little moments. And But at the end of the day, it's not trying to be the solution. Yeah. Always carrying them to Jesus, who is the solution. Yeah. And we need courage there to do that. It, it does. And it can be confronting at times. like Because I also think that a way that we can point people to Jesus is, and we've, we talked a lot about suffering today, is walking alongside someone through their suffering and there's not a lot that you can do at that time like there's never a time where I feel more helpless than someone I love or someone I don't love who's suffering and um, my sister Maria I have so much respect for her she has a generosity of heart and she's so generous with her time and her love she's always sending everyone care packages like (laughs) she spends all her money on (laughs) care packages even when she's tired I I want one (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but most recently a really sad story about um, someone who had helped um, get renters for, for their property, um, she had lots of missed calls from him and they had solved that whole rental thing a couple of months ago, but all these missed calls from him. Um, and it's because he most recently lost his son and his wife. And without saying to Maria, you were the only person I could think of in his heart, my sister was the only person he could think of. He's a He's a random... Yes. He's a random wow. guy who helped her rent the house out. But the way she loved him six months ago, the way she cared for him, the way she showed up for him six months ago meant that six months later in his greatest time of need, she was the person that he came to. And, and she just, she listened to him over the phone and she, she was present with him. I don't know if he knows Jesus, but he knows Jesus through her and she's invited him around for dinner and, wow. and she means it. And, Golly, like it's not about just preaching the gospel at people. Honestly, I think a lot of the time that actually misses the mark. Mm-hmm. Yes. Preaching the gospel at people sometimes can be not what they need right now, but the Jesus they need is your your compassion, your mercy, your prayerful presence, your boldness, your your generosity. And like, yeah, yeah I want to honor my sister. I don't think she even listens to this, but <laughs> <laughs> she's a great human. <laughs> but as you were speaking, sorry, to, am I allowed to talk? Yeah, <laughs> You must. <laughs> I was thinking um, about that we've probably all got people in our life that we would love to bring to God yeah. and they're so resistant to that. But mm. as you were speaking, like that's that's the way to do it. It's not the way through like preaching at them. But also another encouragement as well that your prayer and your sacrifice can be so powerful yes. for that person. Um, and the other thing too is – that also helps you to grow in virtue as well, particularly in the virtue of patience. Um, and let them catch your joy. Like we always say this thing, faith isn't taught, it's caught. So um, a couple of pointers there for anyone yes. who might be praying for someone. And I think also, just as we finish off, just to know that heaven is a choice. It's a choice of Jesus. And many people don't choose Jesus. It's because of what you said, Justine, about Maria. You said... Um, she maybe didn't know Jesus, but the only Jesus he recognized was in Maria. Mm-hmm. And so when he is standing before God, when he's standing to choose Jesus or not choose Jesus, he might be standing there and saying, hey, 
um, I recognize you. I recognize you that one time mm. a few years ago when I met this woman in a rental property and, and, and I recognize you. Yeah, I, 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 I choose you. Wow. You know, you see that, that moment, mm-hmm. that, that is the, uh, it's not, in the end, we, we believe in purgatory, we believe in a time of purity, purifying, but at the end of the day, it's about choosing Jesus. And many people don't choose Jesus because they've been hurt by the body of Christ, mm-hmm. by the church that has, has caused them to turn away. And yes, souls are being lost because of the way we don't point to Jesus properly. And so this is so important that we bring people to heaven by the way we point to Jesus, but it's not at the end of the day of converting people, making sure they go through the RCIA, and this is fantastic, this is amazing, that they become Catholics, that they sit in the pews every Sunday, every day of the week for that matter. But at the end of the day, we're sowing seeds that when they go to heaven, they will recognize Jesus when they get to confronted with the choice of choosing Jesus or rejecting him. Amen. So we hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Be sure to check us out. Where, Justine? Everywhere. <laughs> We're everywhere. But specifically, <laughs> Catholic Influencers <laughs> underscore on Instagram, youtube.com forward slash FIG Ministry. Everything podcast can be found at figministry.com forward slash podcast. And another reminder, if you want to go further in your faith, we are putting together a huge Catholic Influences Summit, amazing keynote speakers from all around the world, workshops, times of prayer. It's going to be awesome. It is going to be amazing. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. www.catholicinfluencersummit.org. Have a great week. God bless. God bless. God bless.